Welcome back to the Brothers Geek Out podcast. This is a passion series. Got a special guest on today. I got Mark Kaporos, my boy from Hong Kong, Muay Thai fighter. He's uh, got a lot going on. Uh, I, I believe we're going to talk about it more, but I believe you're training to be a personal trainer and whatnot. Uh, but how you doing, Mark? It's been a while, bro. It's been a long time since we connected. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, it's good to see you. Um, yeah, I've been talking about this for a while. It's just good to finally um, carve out the time and do this. So, yeah. Yeah, and great, great to catch up. I know, I know. You've been a busy man. I know we've been talking a lot on, on Instagram and whatnot, uh, talking about doing this. I yeah. know you've been a busy man studying, moving houses, fighting. You're fighting for, I know you're fighting for a while, and then, and then obviously Corona and whatnot slowed that down and everything. Uh, but how's it all going, man? How's the study? And have you finished your studies? And what was the studies about? Yeah, um, yeah, it's all been good. So I, um, I just recently completed my NASM um, CPT. So it's just basically a certification to become a personal trainer. Um, so most of the, yeah, most of the personal trainers in Hong Kong have them. Um, and I've also just started a, uh, a precision nutrition level one coaching cert for uh, nutrition coaching. So uh, what I wanted to do was just do like a side hustle. Um, nice. Because that's the thing to do these days, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Just to... Um, it just, just sort of broadened my own scope and um, just learn a bit more about um, sport, sport science and the nutrition side as well. Cause, I, cause I've actually got a, a, a genuine interest in it. So. Yeah. You've been, I mean, you've been training for ages and you were competing for a while in Muay Thai. Um, yeah. Corona slowed that down and everything. Have you been, and also like just to throw out there, everyone follow Mark on his Instagram. It's fit for 40, right? That's, that's the, the your yeah. sports channel. And- yeah, MCAP Muay Thai Fit 40s. Right, got it, yeah. And, and believe it or not, because this, I was shocked when I found this out. You're like, uh, sorry for, for throwing your age out there, because I couldn't believe it, but you're plus 40. You're, what, what you, like, when I met you, you were plus 40, so... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You don't have to say the age, but look, you guys won't believe it, but he's uh, plus 40, I couldn't believe it. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, I just turned 48 this year. Uh, and the reason why uh, yeah, so I'm shocked because you train like a, you train like an animal. You started and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Was you competing Muay Thai before, or was Muay Thai competing something recent that you got into? Um, so I, I actually started training um, Muay Thai slash kickboxing slash boxing just before I turned thirty. Wow. Um, yeah, it was actually I remember it was just before I turned thirty because I just quit smoking, um, and, and so I started training then and had a couple of fights in Australia um, and then ended up moving to Hong Kong. Um, had a, one or two fights in Hong Kong. Um, then ended up leaving Hong Kong and living in China for about five years. Um, and then I didn't train at all in China. I had a back injury, but I was in China purely for work. Yeah. Um, and then when I came back to Hong Kong, um, I started boxing first. And then I realized um, with my back injury, I could it was getting better and I started kicking again. I thought, oh, hang on, maybe I can go back into kicking. And then one thing led to another. And then, um, yeah, and then I've just been pretty much full-time Muay Thai um, since probably about uh, 2015. Yeah, wow. 2016, yeah. Yeah, I remember training with you, bro, in Hong Kong. You used to be a beast, man. Like I said, like, I just thought you were a young man, like, I mean, you are a young man. I shouldn't be throwing it out there. My bad. Sorry. But I just thought you were like, no, oh, 
and whatnot. And then you hear us with like, no, no, I'm 45. I'm like, Jesus, this guy's a beast, but he's an animal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we used to call you Creed because you, I don't know what your real profession is. <laughs> you used to wear nice suits, three-piece suits and whatnot. And then you're in the ground yeah. of, of Bangkok somewhere fighting in these underground Muay Thai fights. I mean, in Muay Thai, <laughs> we used to just catch you on the internet be like, this guy's back in Thailand fighting again. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, those days were those days were awesome, and I remember, and this is why I think you're going to be a great coach as well. Because I remember when, remember when I was going to compete uh, in, in one of the Hong Kong um, MMA fights. I can't remember which one it was. Um, I can't remember the, the thing name, but I remember you 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 messaged me. You're like, "Gee, let's meet up for lunch," and you took me out for lunch, and you just sat and talked talked to me from a mental perspective. I don't know if you remember this, but you were just like talking to me about you know, the training and whatnot, but more from a mental perspective, it's like, gee, it's cool to be scared, it's cool to be, you know, afraid and, and whatnot, but let's just go through this process. And the reason why I appreciate that a lot, and, and no knock on anyone, because I, I enjoyed training at Epic, but I didn't have any anyone looking after me, if that makes sense. Because it was a big gym, and I was just this random yeah. guy going to do one fight. So I'm sure the coaches had other priorities, but you took it out of your way to, to kind of meet up with me and, and kind of give me that mental sort of, coaching and just kind of look after me from that perspective um, so that's why I think you'll be a great yeah. coach not just from a physical perspective but I think you've already got that and obviously because you probably go through that yourself when you're competing right how's how's your emotions when you're when you're competing and flying over to bloody Thailand ready to fight someone like what's, what's yeah. in your head um pretty much the same thing because I, I actually watched the uh the podcast that you did with Jefferson and um Similar comments to you, he, he had a lot to do with my mental preparation. Um, so I'll go through, through the same thing. And um, what Jefferson actually taught me was that, uh, A, I'm not going to die. Um, I'm not going to be seriously injured. Um, so you've done the work. Um, so it's just, you just got to go out there and do it. Um, so that's what I, um, that's why I re rely on now is that, you know, from the mental side, as long as I've done the work, I've done the training, I've been consistent then whatever happens in the ring is whatever happens in the ring. It, it's kind of like um, out of my control because there's another guy there, there's a referee, there's three judges. Um, so as long as I've done my part, then, you know, the, the rest is up to the universe. So. Got it. Awesome. So you don't put that pressure on yourself about, I need to win, I need to win. You just prepare yourself and that's your, that's your confidence of that. I've prepared myself and everything. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. I, I took that pressure away because when I was um, training, like I'm like everyone else, you know, like watching YouTube and watching all the highlights of all these like high level pro fighters. And they're like, and you're thinking, oh yeah, crap, I, I can't do that sort of stuff. Um, but then I, I realized to myself, I was like, well, hang on, I've got a full-time job. I've got actually full-time career. Um, so I work in a bank. Um, so Muay Thai is like my sport. It, it's my interest. It's my hobby. It's my passion. So I don't have that pressure of putting food on the table, um, you know, earning money for a living uh, or from fighting. So it was just a matter of literally just enjoying it and, and, and testing myself out. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, it's great that you have, don't have that pressure because you could just like go out there and just express yourself right, without any of the yeah. But You know, my first ever amateur fight, I had that mentality. It was just like, just survive and whatnot. And it was my best ever like mentally how I felt and then after that I put pressure on myself to be like oh like win this one win this one and I, I messed up all of those <laughs> I got beaten up yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I, I, and it's all stuff in your head right so, yeah exactly I mean the last one I was going to do in Hong Kong to be honest with you I was panicking the most I was having you know panic attacks on that one I was putting so much stress on myself uh, and then obviously the training and all that stuff all that stuff was good but 
I, I, I don't know what it was on that specific occasion, but I was literally having panic attacks. Like, it's like the older I got, the more I realized the consequences. But as you said, one of the things that everyone always says, like, you're not going to die. It's like, that's like, like you, it's a very rare, 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 yeah, thing really, like, very rare but you're not going to yeah. die. You're not going to get hard at any bad injuries. But uh, that mental side of things always been my nightmare. And I know we've been talking recently about David Goggins and you saying you was using his book and yeah. inspiration to, as your mental coach. Like, what, what do you take away from him and, and then reading his book? Yeah, so, um, so I've like listened to his podcast or podcasts that he's been on like, I don't know, 50 to 100 times. <laughs> um, and I've read his book twice. Um, I'm constantly re-watching some of his Instagrams. And, yeah, it's just that mental mentality where it's like, well, you can actually push yourself harder than what you think you can. Um, and and there, there really is no limit to what you can do um, as long as you set your mind to it. I mean, it sounds a bit cliched, but it, it really is. It's, it's the honest truth. So. Yeah, 100% agree. Man. And one of my things, and I was talking to you about it after, is like swimming. I don't like the water. So I've been going out and yeah. swimming. And like, just what, what is it like overcoming, uh, being accountable for something you don't like? Now, don't get me wrong, yeah. I'm being honest, I love training, so that part of it's fine, but the swimming side, I, I panic in the water, I hate, I hate it, so I've been accountable yeah. to keep myself accountable to swim uh, every day. Did you find something, like, after reading his book and something, it, is the Muay Thai competing your thing to keep yourself accountable to like get in there and do it, or do you have something else that you, uh, you hold yourself to to do, like something that you don't like, like something uncomfortable you don't like doing? Yeah, so it, it was, um, so, so after getting familiar with what, what David's teachings were I, I was like okay I'm just going into the fight and preparing for it it's 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 just something that I've got to do like oh, I need to go through that um that challenge um because on the other side of it is you, you do become at least in yourself you've become greater so um but the last fight I had in in, in July I saw end of June um I was going up against the, the Hong Kong champion and but before the fight, I just got rid of all my nerves uh, and everything. And because I just needed myself, like uh, at the end of the fight, no matter what the result was, I was going to come out going, oh, damn, I did this, you know? And, um, and, and that was just something for me that was, uh, that I, I could look back on and, and, and be proud for myself. So, so it was those kinds of things I quite like, you know, like David says, you know, you got to put yourself through the shit every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your, to, what's your routine to, to like home. when you're doing the training? Because I know in general you're training every day anyway. Like I think I made a comment saying yeah. you walk around with a kettlebell because I used to see every day you're on the kettlebell. But when it comes to a, a training camp, like what's what's your sort of like routine or how hard do you push yourself? Because obviously we've learned from like all our coaches and, and you know professionals and whatnot. And going crazy is not really the style these days, right? It's not the way. It's not no, the no, way. No. Being smarter is better. So what have you like kind of yeah. implemented in your sort of training camps? for it um so the, the last one was probably um the best one i've had um so the first one the first thing i did differently was i had a um a nutrition coach um so she helped me a lot with dialing um getting my nutrition um in, in check um because i used to like everyone else, you know, like I, I like my desserts and French fries and, and, and what, that kind of thing, you know, so but it, it just puts a lot of weight on you. Um, so she she helped me understand that the psychology between uh, behind what why I was eating, when I was eating, all that kind of thing. And 
it was actually a very gradual uh, decrease in weight up to the fight, which which topped a lot because I never felt like I was starving. Yeah. Um, and then two, I um, I started working with a running coach um, because uh, for two reasons. One is um, for Muay Thai, um, it's really important to run. That, that's how you. It's it's the best way to get your cardio up. Um, and then two, um, when I do finish uh, Muay Thai competitions, um, like I want to get into like ultra trail running. Um, so I just wanted to start yeah, understanding, you know, working with a running coach and, and just getting into that running mentality. And um, the, the workouts that he was doing, uh, that he was giving me, like I, uh, he was giving me like three or four workouts a week. Uh, one would be like a, 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 a threshold workout. Um, so sub threshold workout. Um, then uh, an anaerobic capacity workout, like a VO2 max workout, and then also um, just a normal um, other types of intervals during the week. Um, and that actually raised my um, conditioning up a lot. Um, so I, I had a really good gas tank. So that, that's, um, that's what I did differently. And also um, I incorporated a lot more weight training as well, um, particularly for the leg. So um, so just all based on all the information that I know, um, like your conditioning and your strength, um, particularly as we do age, is, is a lot becomes a lot more important. Oh, and, and nutrition. So, yeah. so that's what I did differently for this camp. There's a lot. There's a way, There's a lot to take away from that. So from the from the nutrition yeah. side of point, nutrition side of, of, of point of view, what sort of foods would you eat? Was it a specific diet or was it like controlled diet? Any sort of fasting or what sort of stuff was was your nutritionist get you doing? Yeah. So. Previously, I was very much on the, the vegetarian side um, um, because I, I thought it was, a, it was just a, an easier way to keep my calories down. Um, now, I'd eat you know, meat on occasion and stuff, um, but then, and, and I thought it was healthier. Um, but then actually, uh, after you know, working out you know, what your goals are, what the health goals are, what the actual science and the data actually says, then... Um, I sort of balanced it out. A lot of the time, I was just cutting out um, a processed foods um, at particular certain times of the day. So it's like, um, you know, do I really need to eat this ice cream at eleven o'clock at night? Um, you know, <laughs> do I? <laughs> you know, can I just have like one dessert today instead of two? You know, um, and then not eating too much. So it'd be like, um, you know, you, you eat till you're like eighty percent full, um, and then that automatically cutting your calories down and and then just making sure you're getting like fruits and veggies and um yeah nutrient dense food and and then uh, yeah and then you're pretty much right awesome and outside of, outside of training camp and fighting do you still kind of stick to that diet or do you just while out and be like fuck it i mean whatever whatever i want um yeah. I, i've been eating whatever i want but i haven't had the the big weight gain that i normally have um so I, I think I've been sitting around about 77 kilos at the moment. Um, but like usually outside of a final, probably closer to like 80. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Um, so this one I just had in, in June, um, I fought at 71, um, which is probably a bit too big um, for me. Um, so, I, so the next one next year, we'll, 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 I'll, I'll be aiming for about 68, 69 kilos. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's, that's cool, man. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking with diet stuff. I'm on holiday. I took a couple of days off work, so I'm, I'm drinking the sugar and stuff. So don't judge me, please. Yeah. <laughs> but I've taken yeah. a couple of days off work and I decided I just want to get away from the realities of, of life, which is just work and train and whatnot. 
Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. The second thing you mentioned was ultra running, and that shit is is mad. And obviously, Goggins talks about it a lot in his book, but I've heard it. Yeah. You know, Logan's podcast a lot. He has a lot of ultra runners and stuff. And that that yeah. is is a different kind of mental challenge, right? I mean, I don't know how yeah, yeah. you've ever run. The longest I've ever done was half a marathon, and that was tough. And I don't think I could ever do a marathon because of that. You just it's just a continuous. It's a me- different kind of mental fix. So what are you What are you thinking in regards yeah. to, in regards to doing that, man? Because that's. Exactly what you've mentioned. <laughs> it's just a mental side. Um, so, so apart from you know Muay Thai fighters and and combat athletes, um, the, the other athletes that I, I have utmost respect for are ultra runners because you're out there running, um, you know, up to like it, it, to, to an ultra runner is, is the finders of fifty kilometers, but most of them are like hundred k, um, hundred miles and stuff. Yeah, and when you're out there on the trail, like it, it's nice and stuff for the first you know, 20 kilometers because like it, you're out in nature, fresh air. But um, once you get out to a lot longer distances, um, yeah, it is. It's just all that mental, um, the mental fortitude um, because you're, you're challenging yourself and, and and you're just running and it's just you. Um, it's just you on the and this trail and you gotta keep going. Um, just so my yeah. When you're on these yeah. trails, there's not people around you. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's literally just you in the nature. You might run across one past one person or two or whatever, but it's all, all got to do with you. But yeah, sorry, carry on. I, I, I cut you off, sorry. Yeah, no. So well, I did have an experience. So I, I did a um, I did a 27-kilometer trail um, back in April. Um, so I actually signed up for a race, and because of COVID, it kept getting um, uh, suspended and, and all that kind of thing. So I ended up just doing the trail myself. Um, and it was a 27 kilometer course. And at halfway, actually eight kilometers in, I could all, I could already tell like I was cramping because um, I didn't hydrate properly the day before. Yeah. Um, and um, in Hong Kong, there's two peaks. There's like Lantau Peak and Sunset Peak. And this course was going over both of them. And as I was going up Sunset, um, going up to Lantau Peak, I, I could feel myself cramping. I was like, oh, crap. Um, and I hadn't even made it halfway yet. And when I was going up Sunset Peak, that's when the cramping actually really started. And I had to start, start, stop, start, stop. And it was just a long crawl all the way back to finish the course. So that was 27 kilometers. So I could imagine people are doing 100. Are like, yeah, that's like it's levels above. Build yourself up. Did you for that for that specific one? Did you feel? Did you like build up to it? Did you did you take any things with you, like any glucose or packets or whatever to drink on the way, or did you just feel fucking yeah. out for this? No, no, no. I was prepared. Um, so I had like sweet potatoes and electrolyte drinks. Um, but I I forgot to pack the right um water. Um, I had mineralized water, and I should have had distilled water because. Because um, it happened to me before where I put the electrolyte in with the mineralized water and it just made my stomach um, go all over the place. <laughs> so, the um, What's the difference between the two? Distilled, is that the sparkling one? Or, no? No, no, distilled is like that they ta- they've taken all the, um, all the minerals and all the... It's just basically like just pure water. So right. you can get it... Um, yeah, see, I, I don't know how, what the process is, but it's... It's basically like if you if you like had some water and then you put plastic on it and then all the water that evaporates to the top, um, all that moisture that that's basically the distilled stuff. 
Oh, wow. Well, I'm not sure how they do it commercially. I didn't even yeah. know that was, it was a difference, man. So, so wait, well, yeah. water comes down from the mountains, right, which is supposed to be the fresh water. Is that, is that distilled or is that, that still has all the minerals? No, that's mineralized. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's got all the minerals because it comes through all the soil and all the rocks and all that sort of stuff. Got it, got it. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't even know. And, and so how did that one, so obviously you're feeling the cramps and whatnot. How did that, how did you finish that off? What was going through your head when that was kicking in? I was, I was like, <laughs> so I'm on Sunset Peak and I'm like, can I stop? And like, I couldn't because no one could take me anyway. Like if I couldn't walk, like I'd still have to go somewhere where someone could pick me de- pick me up. Um, and I wasn't going to call for a, a helicopter. And then, <laughs> and, then um, and then the thoughts of like David Goggins kicked in and I was like, I, got to, I just got to keep going. Like no matter what, I just had to finish it. So um, I started the run at about 10 o'clock and I, I didn't finish until like seven at night. Wow. Um, yeah that's that's crazy man that's 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 amazing i mean the thoughts like i i don't i haven't done anything up to your capacity capacity or whatnot but when you say the thoughts of david goggins when i'm swimming and, I'm, and i start panicking i normally like do a couple laps and around lap four i start panicking i don't know why and then just like what you said i have david goggins in my head saying stop being a bitch and i'm like all right let's yeah. go, let's go. Um, those are the thoughts that come into my head with Goggins. but i've not gotten to the you know, the capacity of what you're trying to do now with Ultra Running. And, and I haven't competed since 2011. That one in Hong Kong was my, the, I was going to do my one and done, right? Because I, I was going to, I was supposed to compete in 2011. It was going to be my first MMA one. I got injured. And ever since there, to be honest with you, mentally, I couldn't come back from that. Uh, and I always yeah. give myself mental excuses and all this sort of stuff. When I tried in Hong Kong, I finally got to a position where I was a bit more mentally confident. So I was like, yeah, let's just do this. Uh, and then that one fell through. And then I was going to try again in Singapore and then COVID happened. And to be honest with you, I, I haven't had that mental, the mentalness to go back to my coach and say, let's, let's get something back up. I'm just like, let me just enjoy this or whatnot. But I think that's yeah. mentally making excuses uh, to ne- not go back in there. But I just want to do my one and done. It's the one that, that got away from me and I just want to finish that one off. Um, yeah. so that would be my like sort of David Goggins type pushing myself mentally. Because I'm not a fighter. I, I admitted myself a long time ago that, I'm not a fighter. When I was young and, and I was competing amateur, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a fighter. But then I realized I'm not a fucking fighter. I don't want to do this shit. Um, yeah. I got my one and done uh, uh, to do. So definitely going to try and aim for that. I don't know this year or next year, but I'll speak to my coach again. What about like recovery, man? So obviously recovery is a big part. You've done that massive one during a Muay, after a Muay Thai fight. What's your, or even after training when you're trying to lead up to a fight, obviously you don't want to get injured and there's always tweaks anyway, but what do you do for recovery after a hard training session or week of training? Um, so, um, so this time I've actually always been, um, I'm doing dry needling for, for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. So it's like acupuncture, but basically wherever your tight muscles are, like the physiotherapist, like they'll just like stick needles in and they'll leave it in for a few minutes. And um, what happens is like when they, like your muscles like really tight and they'll put the needle in. Um, and then after a few minutes, it will just like sort of release um, and it loosens up the muscle. Um, so that's the main one that I do. Um, and then I also started um, for this camp as well. I started breathing exercises. So I was doing breath work, all that Wim Hof stuff. Um, so yeah, so I did a couple of sessions with a breath work coach in Hong Kong and that, that worked out pretty well. Um, it actually might help you with your um, anxiety that you, you feel with swimming. Mm. Um, 
because when you're swimming, like it is all, actually all about breathing when you turn your head. Yeah. You know, you're, you're doing your several strokes and then you turn your head again and breathe. Um, so if you actually slow your breathing down, um, it'll, it'll help with all that anxiety and stuff. And, and that's some of the things that I worked on with, um, in, in terms of recovery. How does the how does the, um, the breathing stuff work? Is it like a, it's like a like four in hold for four four out? There's a that sort of a different kind of tempos and momentum to it. Yeah, so so the one that I, I mainly use is um it's called box breathing and um apparently it was some Navy Seal um that that created or whatever, but um basically what what you do is that you, you breathe in for four seconds or, you, or it's up to your own tempo. So you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for four breathe out for four then you, you don't breathe in for four and then you just repeat that cycle until you you start calming down so that's one method and then the other methods um it, it's like the, the the wim hof method i'm sure you've heard of it um where you sort of you hyperventilate your body and you, you take it in more oxygen and um i'm not sure that i can't explain it properly but you basically it's like you're getting high off oxygen because your whole body starts tingling um, and then you hold your breath and you um you, it's it's you get this carbon dioxide build up but you're learning to um to handle that extra carbon dioxide in your body and then you breathe out and it oh no it just puts this whole calming effect throughout your whole body it's pretty cool that's that's interesting and when you do that are you in like a meditated state or you're just sitting down and doing it or do you, do you you're to... in, you're in a meditative state yeah that's great i remember yeah. i remember one of rogan's podcasts with um uh, what's his name david blaine you know he's known for like holding his breath for like whatever 10 minutes or whatever he was talking yeah. about what you just mentioned something about dealing with the carbon dioxide in your body yeah. uh and something like that yeah he's got a different kind of method i guess he's got to it and he, he's also crazy and one of those special human beings i guess um but yeah, yeah no that's that's crazy because i do a lot of meditation and i do a lot of breathing as well um, and I do need to come over, overcome that thing with the swimming. I mean, what recently, what I've been able to do is like, I do panic and I'm just like, just, I tell myself, just relax, just relax, just keep going. Yeah, yeah. Same thing used to happen to me in jujitsu actually as well. When I used to go hard and then some, you know, rest the, the rolling with a big person, they used to get on me. One of the things I used to always think about is like, all right, instead of exploding right now, just relax your breathing, relax. Cause that's when yeah. again, with jujitsu, I didn't panic as much, but it used to come. And I, and I, I used to get upset at myself because I'm like, hold on, you've been rolling for ages. Why all of a sudden now you're panicking? Um, so yeah, while, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so while I, while I do now, it's like, all right, when I feel like I'm breathing hard, just just relax. Hold on, relax, relax, and then get back into it sort of thing. Just calm the breathing. Mm. Yeah, shit, that stuff is important. When you're in the midst of a fight, right, so you're going, obviously your mind is obviously clear and your body is just expressing itself. Is there, is there anything going through your head? Is there any thought process? Is there any you know, like strategic process you're going for, you're, are you literally just allowing your body to express itself while you're, while you're in the middle of a fight? Um, it, it's just it, learning to, to express myself. Um, but what, I, what I've started to learn now, which I got a lot from the last fight, is, is actually analysing what's happening through the fight. So a lot of this is um, what the, the stuff that Jefferson's taught me. Um, is that you're taking in information constantly during the fight, which is it's it's such a <laughs> so all these like high level guys um, that like are just absolute masters. Um, yeah, they're amazing because they're they're taking in what their opponents are doing and then they're they're responding to it. And and that's something that I've, I've just been trying to do is just 
sort of you're in the fight but then you're, you're like kind of like outside watching um so that's what i've been trying to do so so that it's basically you are in there um but you're not worried about getting hurt or anything you just you're just doing it so. that's uh, it sounds like a psychedelic uh, experience like from outside watching you know, even like a Doctor Strange thing. I know we're going to geek out in a bit, but it's almost like a Doctor Strange thing. But you know, sh- we'll, we'll yeah. shout outs to Coach Jefferson if you're in Hong Kong, check him out. Uh, what, what was the gym called that he's at now? Uh, he's at the gym. The gym. Um, so it's in so yeah, so it's in Soho, um, Soho Central, um, near the escalators. So it's a good boutique gym. Um, they got strength and conditioning. Mainly strength and conditioning coaches there, but then like Jefferson's got his Muay Thai there. He does a lot of one-on-ones for. Yeah, awesome. Well, if you're in Hong Kong, check him out. I mean, amazing coach. I mean, I I, I loved training with Jefferson. Again, it was as you mentioned from the technical perspective. But uh, one thing I used to love about Jefferson, and I mentioned on the podcast, he always used to after the class just sit down with the students and just have a conversation from technical perspective, what we went through, mental perspective, and it's it's very it's very rare. Don't get me wrong, I love training Muay Thai and, and loads of different gyms and I'm sure you've trained at many as well but a lot of them is um you know you train you, you just train and then and then and then that's it after the class is done it's done right and it's very rare we find a coach who's like hey guys take a seat let's have a conversation and let's talk about things which is you know again I, I believe everyone has a passion for what they're doing but it's just a me I, I'm, a, I'm an emotional type of guy I'm a mental type of guy so when yeah. I see that I'm more attracted to that coach be like that's the sort of coach I need I need someone that mentally kind of bonds with us and whatnot um so yeah. shout out to jefferson for that yeah same bro i'm saying yeah yeah because I, I remember um just in your podcast you were talking about one of the things that he does is after the class he'll be he'll sit down to the students with the students and, and talk about what they learned and there's been so many situations where um we, we we do this regularly in between fights where i'm like i'll do my warm-up we'll do pads and they'll be like you know half an hour to 20 minutes left and we'll just literally sit down and talk about fights and tactics and the mental aspect and you know it's uh that that 30 20 to 30 minutes is probably worth more than you know spending you know two or three hours just practicing a move because you yeah, the mentality is just in the right place yeah definitely because i think like you know i mean like the the, the thai fighters from thailand i mean they, they've been fighting since they were kids so to them it's another day another weekend so you don't really get much from, not, not in a bad perspective, but to them, it's like, oh, don't be scared, just fight, it's cool. But they don't, I, I don't think they yeah. get, but like, it's like, listen, I'm not like you, man. You've been fighting since you're a kid. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, oh, no. like, so they don't, I don't think they get that side of things. And they're like, don't worry, just go fight, it'll be okay. Whereas, yeah. you know, you could appreciate someone from Jefferson's perspective or even like yourself or anyone who's like, I, I need that mental thing because I'm not, I haven't grown up with this thing like you don't have. Um, which is yeah. great now awesome man and then so with the personal training that you're doing I know it's a side hustle for now do you see yourself in the future just making that your full-time thing or like or just see how it goes just keep it as a side hustle because you obviously got a passion for health and fitness yeah. all angles right um, so yeah. you know is that, is that something you're looking to do full-time in the future yeah yeah I, I do so I like because I've had um, so my, my career in the bank it, it's approaching like 25 years now um and just with everything that's happened over the last couple of years like you know we had the hong kong protests we've had covid it just made me really rethink about um you know where i want my career and career to go um so eventually yeah i want i do want to move out of working for a bank and 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 becoming a a fitness and health coach um you know potentially write a book um do podcasts like yourself 
Um, so who knows? But yeah, it, it's it's kind of um, I think it's it's what I my I think what I want to do or what what the legacy that I want to leave on the earth um, after I go um, is to leave that kind of knowledge with people. So yeah, so hopefully it does work out. Um, um, so I'll see how it goes in the next few years. Yeah, well, I mean, you got the right mind frame, obviously. Like you're challenging your mind from many different perspectives. I don't see it, you know, not going forward, right? And then if it doesn't, then it, I guess it'll fall away, fall down to yourself if we want to push it or not. So I'm sure it's gonna, it's gonna go through. What about like at work, like your colleagues and whatnot? Do they know that this this guy comes here in a suit, does his business, and then goes out and fights with people? <laughs> Do they know what's going on with yeah. your life, or you keep that shit separate? Yeah, I know. I mean, a few of them do know. Um, so yeah, so like I've been working from home for like the last probably probably four years. But yeah, whenever I go into the office, yeah, that I'll talk about. Yeah, what, what are you doing your weekends or all that sort of stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just in the gym training because I'm preparing for a fight or I'm going to Thailand. And yeah, it, it's an interesting um, conversation point for them because people, yeah, it. In, in in the industry finance or whatever like any type of suit they just don't do that so yeah exactly. it's very rare exactly. exactly that's crazy but um with the with, with the muay thai and whatnot do you see yourself like do you see yourself like giving yourself up to a specific age to be like i'm gonna be up this age or you're just gonna see how you go and just and take it listen to your body when it gets to that point um probably listen to my body so when I look back at it, um, so, so I actually did my first pro fight when I turned 45. Um, so that was, uh, what year is it now? Um, so that was uh, 2018. Okay. Yeah. And it was literally, and I know we're, we're going to geek out in a minute, but it was literally my mentality at the time was like, what if I had this career <laughs> as a fighter? And I've just, <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's been good, like my role. Um, um, I, I can do uh, wherever. Um, so it's just kind of be good. I've been able to train and then go to Thailand and, and, and fight uh, on occasion as well. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm just going to see how it goes. I'll probably, uh, my, my plan is next year is probably my, my last go around um, uh, because it, it probably would have been like this year, but like with COVID, um, it didn't work out. So hopefully I can get over to Thailand next year, do two or three more and then um, call it, yeah, retire. I guess. How's the uh, how's the process in Thailand when you're when you're going over there to fight? Like, is like obviously you go to a specific gym that maybe Jefferson recommended or whatnot, and then they take. How's because you're not with Je like Jefferson? Has Jefferson come over with you, or you're or, or has it always been with separate coaches over there? Like, what, does that affect your um, people? Because you're going into like not enemy territory. That's that's might be silly to say, but just a different yeah. territory, different environment to what you're used to. How does that play off in your head? Um, it, it, it doesn't anymore. So, so the first time I went over, um, I actually trained at Sangmini's gym. Um, and that was a, a really good experience. So we trained, you know, um, twice a day. Um, and it was like really hard, like it was hard every day. Um, and that was quite challenging, you know, being in the middle of Bangkok and, um, I'd have to train and work and train and work. Um, but then after a while, you, you just get used to that process. Um, and then, and then you, you just like the subsequent times I went, I just knew, okay, well, this is what I've got to do. And you're already prepared. Um, so just go ahead and do it. Um, and then when the fight comes around, Jefferson usually um, flies over. Um, yeah. And, and um, he's there to quarter me in the fight, which is good. So it takes, he takes time out of his day. So. 
Got it, got it, got it. And with, with the fights in Thailand, we all know, like, you know, a lot of them guys rank up 400 fights and whatnot. And they're all legit fights, don't get me wrong, but there's a big gambling community behind it. So a lot of times they have an understanding of, like, all right, listen, if, like, sometimes they might not necessarily go for the knockout or whatever, but it's very technical, it's very slow pace, catching the points. And they know, like, all right, I've won the first two rounds. You're not going to win the last one. And, you know, they sometimes yeah. pick it up. Like, with your mentality coming in, was it different? Like, was you like, no, this is a fight, like, and I'm going to go for the knockout, I'm going for the kill? Or was you respecting that? Uh, that type, awesome because it's different, right? Yeah, no, no. Well, Jefferson, um, and actually, I, I actually had two Muay Thai coaches for a while, so Ekapol as well. So he was, um, he's Thai. Um, but basically, what they taught me is like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta play the game. Um, I've actually had only had a one five round fight, but um, all the other fights I've had uh, were were three rounders. But it was the same kind of um, mentality where you had to go in. Um, yeah, look good. Um, you know, don't go for the knockout. You know, you got to look like what you know. Yeah, yeah. You need to show that you know your skill, um, that you can dominate your opponent. Um, like that. Yeah. You know. And then, um, yeah, it was never about going in for the knockout. Um, because that getting a knockout is actually quite. It's not as easy as what people think. Mm. Um, so like you'll see a highlight and you're like, yeah, some guy will get a punch or. Um, Superbond had that kick with Petrosian a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but those those knockouts are like set up like from you know, rounds before or maybe the beginning of the round where you know you're, you're making your opponent thinking, um, yeah, I'm going to kick this way or punch this way, and then you do something completely different and it catches them off guard. So. Yeah, no, I can imagine you've got to set it up, right? You've got to set up and knocking out. Like I guess in Thailand, it's, it's more maybe more of a Western mentality of like, fuck it, man, I'm going to fight. It is. Yeah. Win aggressive and whatnot, win. Uh, so yeah, because obviously there's that adjustment. Because when you're training, I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're training in Hong Kong and whatnot, you're probably just thinking I'm fighting. And then when you get to Hong uh, Thailand, you're more like, all right, what I, I'm fighting, but I've got to express a skill set there. I've got to express the yeah. art of Muay Thai, not just going out to kill. Um, and that that must that must be a bit of a mental adjustment as well that goes through. Yeah. 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 Um, well, actually, now that I had a bit more time to think, um, it's actually uh, when I do go over, it, it's more about being sure that I'm um, fit enough um, to go through the training. Um, because I know once I go through the training, um, I'll be okay for the fight. So before I leave, I make sure that I'm of a, I've already a, a very good fitness level before I go, and then that 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 usually takes care of everything. Got it. Got it. And with with the personal yeah. training, are you thinking that you might want to train? you know, fighters or, or, or any sort of thing? Like, do you have anything specific, any sort of specific athletes that you want to help or just, you know, business people or whatever, you want to help them with their lives to get fit? Or is it something specific or is it just general? Um, I, at the moment, I'm just thinking general. Um, so I, yeah, it'd be good if like everyone um, was moving around and had some sort of, you know, sporting or athletic competition that they did. Um, it's just generally because I think that people don't realize how healthy and how strong they actually are. Um, so, and that, that's been become very obvious to me during this COVID. It's like everyone needs a pill or something. And it's like, well, yeah, they might help. But yeah, if you're exercising, you're eating the right food, you're looking after yourself, um, you know, your biology is, is more than capable of handling, um, you know, the, the things that our earth gives us right? yeah no i mean we, we've spoke about this and i don't we don't need to go get deep in it but yeah i mean of course you know 
mask and social distance and vaccine, whatever. But yes, like the most important thing is eating right, your own immune system, right? Taking the right vitamins, eating healthy food and getting exercises. I mean, I think we both kind of agree uh, from that. Yeah. It's difficult though, right? Because for example, like I try, I'm no personal trainer, but I learn from like yourself and coaches and, you know, stuff that I hear. And I try to express that to my family and friends. And these are, these are loved ones and they don't even want to listen to you. Right? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. so hard to convince people of like, you know, do, do some exercise, eat this or whatever. Um, how, how are you, like, do you, do you find that difficult? Like with your friends kind of trying to express them that like, during this whole COVID time, like guys, make sure you eat this or whatever. Or do you just kind of let people like just do, like, how, how do you, how do you do that? Because that's hard. Like as a personal trainer, you obviously want to convince people, but a lot of people don't have the same mentality. They don't have the same motivation or whatever it is. So how, yeah. how is that? Yeah. So, so with, with that aspect, it, it's like a, a lot of people, it, like I've had these discussions and, and um, irrespective of that, the, uh, people will still go with their own lives because that's what they're used to. So, it's more about um, what I found is just by if I live by my, lead by example. So if I'm like you know exercising, eating the right food, um, you know not you know I, I don't drink alcohol anymore. Um, so it, it's just doing those kinds of things when. So when you do talk to people, it's like, oh, they can see that you practice what you preach. It makes that conversation easier. Um, and then you, you, sometimes you don't even need to talk about it. They'll be like, oh, okay. And, you, and you're hoping that, you know, people sort of, some light bulb moment goes off and they'll, they'll go ahead and change their lives. So Yeah, and hopefully to inspire yeah. them sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, what, like, honestly, following your Instagram, um, it, it does inspire me. I always say this, when, you've com- when you compete and when you go for that journey, I take a sense of inspiration from that. Now, I mean, I love training and all that sort of stuff. I guess that it's the common mind frame that you're trying to kind of change. As you said, everyone's in their routine and whatnot. Uh, but hopefully people can find inspiration from, like, as you said, that leading as example, um, which is, you know, ultimately, because I always have this, I mean, like, I don't want to get too much into it, but I always have this thing like as the government, and obviously the government's all about business power and whatnot, but you just lock down a whole nation stop them from going out so, yeah but then you couldn't stop them from being mcdonald's or something you couldn't stop them from being, i know you should have shut those shops down too or, and then made them exercise like, you should have made it mandatory instead yeah. of like, everyone has exercise or whatever like it, it's, it's crazy but i guess business takes over like it's all gonna be money but anyway we don't we, <laughs> we don't need to get yeah. into that but, but um look man it's been awesome talking about the fitness side but the main thing i did want to do is geek out with you bro because I know yeah. you're a comic book geek as well. You're into all of that sort of stuff. I remember the end of season two of Mandalorian when you messaged me after like we've, we've both seen it and you were like, holy shit, because I hope everyone's seen it. So spoiler alert, but when Luke shows up yeah. at the end of that episode, you were like, holy shit, bro. Holy shit, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> what was your reaction? I wish you recorded your reaction when you were watching it. What was you, was you freaking out when you, when you realized it was him? Yeah, I was like, Oh shit! No, is it? Is it really? I was like, no, is it, is, no, it can't be Luke. Is it Anakin? I was like, what? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the X-wing flies in, and there's like the green lightsaber, and like he he cuts down the the, the drones, and then his face comes up, and you're just like, <laughs> that was. One it, was a, it was just one of those moments. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how how we can like you you know me i mean i think you see my instagram i'm always geeking out or whatnot but it's crazy how yeah. this sort of thing these fake realities just gives you so much joy and whatnot talking about them and watching them but especially with star wars to bring it back because those last three movies you know they were just watchable and i guess they were just what it is 
but then these shows like for me now i mean i'm, I'm taking I'm, I'm being harsh on it but i i, I prefer the, the mandalorian show that's my favorite star wars content out there oh yeah yeah uh it's crazy yeah. how they that back yeah, to, to me, the, 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 just, the, the TV series now, um, they've just like long movies that they've just chopped up. Yeah. Um, just so people aren't stuck in the cinema for like six hours. <laughs> exactly. Is, is, so what's your favourite thing to geek out? Is it, is it all of it? Is it Star Wars specific, like DC, Marvel? What, what's, what, what did you grow up with? What was, what was your thing that you um, So So mine was um, always about superheroes. So, so growing up was about Superman and... You know, so I'm going back to like Christopher Reeve and stuff. So those yeah. kinds of my, <laughs> uh, they're like my, uh, yeah, that, that's what I watched when I was a kid. And then, you know, we had the first Spider-Man, um, the Avengers back in those days, but it was like the Incredible Hulk was like Lou Ferringo. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so nothing like today, but yeah, it was, it was just always my, you know, um, and a lot of Filipinos, so I'm ethically Filipino. Um, but those kinds of movies are very, uh, I can always geek out with other Filipinos about these things. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I used to love the superhero genre growing up. Um, you know, me and my brother, my younger brother, he's in Australia. He's, he's got this massive Transformers collection um, and he's got a bit of Star Wars as well. Um, we still like play with Lego and make our, and this is going back in the 80s, right? 70s yeah. and 80s. So like we'd, we'd make our own spaceships out of Lego, not like today where, yeah, it's like your X wings and everything already made up. Um, yeah. yeah, we'd have to make up our own. So, so what was your? So those were, were they the first sort of thing that you grew up with? That was your first comic book sort of experience where you were like, oh shit, I'm, I'm loving this, like old Superman and stuff. Or was there something? Yeah. Was, did you have a specific superhero that you, not idolized, that's the wrong word, but you loved. You know what I mean? You're like, this is my guy. Like, was there one specific? Um, no, it was actually more like all of them. Like, I mean, if anyone, it was like. Superman because it was um he was like this all powerful you know he could fly man of steel um and all that kind of thing and then at one stage he he actually I think it was Superman 2 yeah. he um turned back time <laughs> <and I was> like, <laughs> that was pretty crazy um but, yeah but these days now like with with Marvel um especially like when it started with Iron Man that that really um got my geekiness back out again uh, when, when they started um so w with the current marvel that the current mcu like my, my two favorites right now is, is, is uh um the, the black panther and um shang chi like more recently um mm -hmm. yeah so black panther was more like it's basically because he he, he represented the colored people like I, mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest right it's like yeah. This is cool, you know, you got this dude out of Africa, um, and um, I, I think, yeah, it was just really cool that, you know, someone like, you know, like him was, yeah, had all this, was doing all this good in the world, and, yeah, you got Wakanda, all the technology, so that was pretty cool. Definitely, yeah, no, I, I agree, yeah. I agree, I think that movie gives a lot of hope to, to again, coloured people and whatnot, because I always said this, yeah. it wasn't just towards black people, I, I have a connection with him too, because he represents me me too but it is an amazing story because again like the richest superhero or person on the planet is an african continent it's a real it's you know it would have been a shame because i heard that they were trying to get him to do a british accent like everyone to do a british accent and they said no yeah is that yeah that would have shown that wakanda was colonized by by Brits. so it's great that they kept that you know something can simple yeah. the accent to show that these are true 
Africans in this in this comic book world or whatnot. Uh, and I remember yeah. with Shang Chi was it again because this was a great Marvel kung fu movie. You know, what I mean, they'd done it right. The yeah. arts was done like a you know like a Jackie Chan martial art movie. Was it was it uh, what what attracted to you to that movie? Was it the martial arts or was it just a cultural thing? Yeah, it was the cultural and the martial arts as well. Um, so uh, friends that I lived with back in Australia in Sydney. Um, they used to go to China and they used to bring all these martial arts DVDs back and, and that Shang-Chi was like a, like a throwback to those DVDs. But then also um, I, I watched Bruce Lee on, on VHS videotapes growing up. Um, so yes, I'm like wearing my uh, Bruce Lee now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Bruce Lee is actually yeah, the inspiration to, to get into the martial arts as he was yeah, at, at the time. So um, yeah, so Shang-Chi is just like a complete throwback to that time um, as well. So that's what I loved about it. And and the movie was like done really well. Yeah. Um, the choreography was awesome. Um, the color, the, I, I don't know, it was just everything about it. Um, I actually watched it twice. It was like two weeks in a row. I would have watched it a third time, but like my wife was like, no, nah, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> enough of this shit. Is she, I know she joins you all the time. Is she genuinely into it or is she just like, all right, could you go in? I'll come with you. Or has she got herself into um, it? Or have you she has, it? I've gotten her into it. So she's a big um, Iron Man fan, like Robert Downey Jr. and, and Black Panther. So but she's like, you know, since those movies, all the other Marvel movies aren't the same. But um, like she's pretty cute. Like she mixes up DC Justice League with with Marvel. Um, so we, so, we, so we watch Justice League, and she's like, "Oh, what happened to Iron Man? Where, where's he?" I said, "Honey, this is not. <laughs> this is a different universe." So yeah. you gotta sit her down and do the whole edge. I did that with my girl because she didn't watch the Marvel movies and whatnot. I was like, "Look, we gotta go week by week and go through all of them." So we went through all of them up there. Yeah. It took like a couple months. Now she's deep into it. So like, I'm not allowed to watch it without her. But I told her, like, I, on the first day they come out, you better be free because I'm going without you. With or without you, I'm going with yeah. you. But she's deep into it as well now. Uh, and same, we're just yeah. going, through the, we're going through the DC uh, universe as well. So she used to get confused, but now I think she's understanding they're two different universes and products and whatnot. Um, yeah. You mentioned Bruce Lee. I want to quickly go back to that because you say well, he was your inspiration to get into martial arts, right? And obviously, I'm, a huge, I'm looking at whole Bruce Lee memorial shit that I got here um yeah. he was your inspiration what did you what, what was it from Bruce Lee that you took away uh, and you got and as you got older what, what what more did you learn from from Bruce's philosophies and martial arts and stuff um so, so the thing was so when you when when you watched it when you're younger it's like oh my god there's this guy who's got these amazing fighting skills um and at that time you know um everyone was like Bruce Lee ninja all that sort of stuff um, it was just good because it was like this little guy who could like fight off like you know, seven, 10, 15 attackers. So, and it was just like really cool stuff. And, and again, it was just all the Asian stuff as well. So um, it was someone just to, that you could identify with. Um, but then as, as, you know, as, as we get older, um, now I used to just read snippets of what his teachings were and they, they were just so um yeah, they were inspirational at the time, but they're just like genuine life lessons. Like I used to remember, I used to post a lot of stuff um, every morning. Like I used to read your stuff. I used to look forward to it. Like you'd be posting this quote, and you'd have Bruce Lee quotes as well. And I'd be like, yeah, it, it's yeah, totally. You know, um, 
yeah, the, the, he had a lot of like a lot of life lessons that um that people can still they're still relevant today. Um, yeah, he's definitely yeah. ahead of his time. Right? I got this quote that I got in my wall, yeah, which is one of my favorites. It says, "Don't pray for an easy life. Pray for it. Pray for the strength to enjoy a difficult one." And I and I love, yeah. it. and I think that's like like you know from the David Goggins or one that they all talk about that like you've got to enjoy yourself yep. to, to live a difficult sort of life. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, he's definitely a great inspiration and whatnot. As you get, as you're older now, like he was obviously ahead of his time when it comes to the martial art physical perspective. Like, the MMA game was really like Bruce Lee's philosophy, right? If you if you think about it, he was always mixing it up and whatnot. Are you? I know you're not big into. Or correct me if I'm wrong. You don't really watch MMA much. You're more of a Muay Thai. Watch Muay Thai fights. Do you, yeah, yeah. you watch MMA a little bit? Have you ever have you ever trained like jujitsu or wrestling and any of that sort of stuff? No, no, I didn't. Um, so when when I the the gym that I trained at in Sydney, where I started, um, when I started training, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu just started in that gym. Um, so it's called Gym Wukun back in Sydney, and then they um, some guy, some of the guys from Muay Thai started training BJJ, but I was trying to get good at Muay Thai, um, so I didn't try the BJJ. Got it, got it. Um, yeah, but the thing is with, with with BJJ, the thing that I pick up is that um, people don't realize that it's just as stressful on the body as it is like a stand-up striking sport. Yeah, 100%. um, it's a, it's just that people don't like getting hit, but like in BJJ, like you know, you're getting stretched, you're getting <laughs> squeezed. <laughs> you don't realize that that's still punishment to your body. 100%. So. Um, yeah, it's just it's just interesting how people's perceptions are different. Um, but yeah, to me, BJJ is just as um, a demanding sport as like Muay Thai. Um, yeah, agree. Yeah, so. you know, just reminding me of something about which I always enjoy training with you as well. One thing you know, and you probably know this, training in different gyms with different people with martial arts gyms. There was a lot of egos in in certain gyms and whatnot. Yeah, trying to prove themselves, whether they're a fighter or not. But I, you know, fighters have a different mentality, so they have nothing to prove. They're the, they're the best people to train with. With training with you was always comfortable because even though you were bigger than me, you were more skillful than me. You always controlled yourself. Like you applied your your technique on me and but you never went crazy like yeah you, you know what i mean like I, I go through so much training now where people just have egos and they just want to beat me up just for the sake of i might have scored a point for example and they didn't like it um yeah. you always had this you had a control in you and and that's again I, I don't know nothing about being a fighter but every time i've trained with a fighter someone who competes a lot they have this level of control like what 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 how did you build this in your head like did you come from a place where you were egotistic and then it it developed into this I'm more of a control person or did you or was this always you just always like you know keep your ego outside um, yeah so so when I first started it was just all about hard sparring um because that's the that was the culture of the gym um and then when I started Muay Thai back in Hong Kong um that, that's when I started learning about um you know keeping your control and, and just going over and practicing the technique um, and it was also because, like, if, if you're training with people, what I learned was, like, if, if, if people don't like training with you, they're not going to keep coming back. And then you're, you're not going to have anyone to train with. Yeah. Um, so, so that's also there as well. And um, when you are training to fight, you've got to practice certain techniques and moves and timing. Um, so there's no point going all out because otherwise you, you, won't, you won't really learn them um, if you're going 100% all the time. And, and people won't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just like 
like training buddies are like these friends that like just get the best out of you um and there's no questions asked like you go in and train and, and there's, there's this understanding there um so that yeah so if you like want to compete and fight if you haven't got those people with you um it's, it's very hard to improve so yeah it, it's just i think in a training environment you gotta be pretty likable yeah I, I could, people I need to like training with you yeah 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 because in thailand obviously um the way they train right they, they play a lot right and then when it comes to the fight they fight every week so they probably just keep the hard stuff to the fight and when they just train yeah. they just play a lot uh, but I, I agree with what you say man I, I in regards to like having that training partner and being able to apply your technique within sparring because yes uh yes hard sparring you've got to do that when you're fighting I'm assuming right but when when you're when you're not fighting just sparring and being playful and being able to practice techniques like it's great to do it in that environment, but if if someone's going hard, then you're like, "Fuck the technique I'm trying to learn. I'm just gonna try and yeah. fight. You're hitting me, so I'm gonna try and hit you back." And it just, it, it, it the, the the point of sparring it, it goes out the window, right? Because now you're just competing, yeah. fighting, and trying to get points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you just reminded me. Um, I, I listened to a guy named uh, John Danaher, um, the BJJ professor. Yeah. Um, and that guy is like. He he's like such a guru, bro. He's like, he's like, he's the essence of martial arts. Like, like some of the stuff he was saying, well, actually, a lot of the stuff he was saying was similar to what um, Jefferson had taught me, and then similar to what like Bruce Lee comes up with. Um, just his whole approach to everything, like it, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's, yeah, he's a different type of dude because he was on the Rogan's podcast, and the way he talks is very. Like he, I think he was a philosophy teacher or something like that, and then he just yeah, yeah somewhere yeah. He's got a PhD or something. Yeah, yeah, and he just all he does is just train martial arts and just focus all his energy into BJJ, and he brings that philosophy mentality to it, which is which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cool, man. Well, I know we went off topic again. Let's go back to geeking. Yeah. What did you think of the Eternals? Because that just came out, and I, I I gave my non-spoiler review, and then me and my brother spoke about it on the podcast and whatnot. What was your thoughts on it? I saw your Instagram, and I know you said you had a busy day, but you were sleeping. Your wife took a picture of you sleeping. So I was like, did this guy find it? Uh, well, well, yeah. Well, well, that was actually on the ferry ride home, but yeah, oh, it, was, okay. <laughs> it was actually a long movie. Um, so my wife was having troubles um, keeping up with it. She was like falling asleep. Um, she had lollies in the bag that she was just like eating to stay awake. Um, I thought it was, because it was a Marvel movie, I was like focused on it because I wanted to make sure I got something out of it. Um, but uh, as a standalone, it was probably okay as a movie. But then if it was like living up to the, the expectations, um, yeah, it probably fell a bit short. Um, I, I think it, was just, it just lacked a bit of punch, um, I thought. But then again, the the colour, the, the way it was shot, I, I thought that was all good. Um, yeah, I thought it was just like lacking a bit of punch. But then it's sort of setting up all the stories like for the sequel and stuff that goes on um, after that. So it's kind of good with the, the, the story twist that they had. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the sequels. Yeah. I, um, I, I, you know what? I need to watch it again. I, I came out there thinking the same thing as you, like the expectation of all the Marvel movies, it didn't live up to it, I think. But I need to watch it again because I spoke to my brother and he was giving me a different perspective of like what you just said, like what is setting up the celestial beings and the cosmic energy and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, for real, actually, what is setting up is actually got me more excited than the actual movie itself. I enjoyed it, yeah. but 
it wasn't one of my favorites but my favorite scene was at the end and again spoiler alert if you guys haven't seen it please you know go watch the movie yeah. but um was that end scene you know when <clears throat> the very end when the celestial being was you could see him in the sky and the thing is all i thought about was galactus because we're going to get galactus in the future yeah. Yeah. and i was like that's how you're going to do galactus because he's going to look as big as that um so that got me super yeah. excited and i just learned remember the end credit scene where uh, the black knight uh, where he's, he's getting the sword and then someone in the background says are you ready for that or something that is apparently Blade. That was that was Mahersha Ali. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That got me geeked out when I read that. I didn't know at the time, but now I'm like, holy shit! That they set yeah. something up amazing. Yeah, I, I actually missed out. We we missed out on that um, oh. that ending scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw. It, I've seen it on YouTube, so, so I'm I'm gonna watch it again. Okay. So I saw that ending scene on YouTube. And we're like, because we had to get out because it was like two and a half hours and I was like busting to go to the toilet because the <laughs> cinema was closed. <laughs> so actually, now that you mentioned it, that since you're going to go see it again, I think I'm going to go see it again and I'll probably have to go by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, I need to do, I need to do it again because I, you know, get, everyone else is loving it and I'm like, why am I not feeling it as much? But maybe... I don't know. Maybe, maybe again, it's the comparison. I shouldn't be comparing it to other Marvel movies. I should just accept yeah. what it is. But uh, I definitely watch it again. But yeah, bro, you know, come on, man, you know better. You never leave a Marvel movie until the end. Yeah. Done, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just schoolboy era, like, <laughs> like I'm just busting together the toilet. Yeah. What, but yeah, what, it was... what are you looking forward to next? Like, be it the Marvel or the DC universe. I know we got Spider-Man coming up in uh, in December. Uh, Doctor Strange, and that's all bringing in the multiverse. Which what what are you looking forward to to most coming up? Um, Doctor Strange actually, um, yeah. and to less to slightly lesser degree, what happens? How that ties in with Spider Man? Um, because after the Loki series, like that episode six, where it's like it's it's basically a, the the MCU now is like a, a live action comic book where they can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing, right? It's like the imagination that they could put in. Like they're not stuck to this like one storyline anymore. They can like do these offshoots and um, the X Men. Like I, I really want to see what happens with the X Men when that comes in. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that comes out. Um, did you watch so whether or not it's like Venom? Did you Did you watch Venom? Let there be carnage. I haven't yet. No, it's, I haven't you know, yet. Do you know the spoiler? I'm not gonna say anything if you haven't. Do you know anything about the spoilers of that? No. Okay, no, I won't say nothing. Go watch it. Oh, the film is not, like, the film, again, it's, it's enjoyable and whatnot, but yeah. what, what happens is, yeah, it's going to, yeah, go watch that. Just for that, just go, right, okay, watch show it. yourself and then go see. I can't, because I don't want to spoil it. If you don't know, then that's great that you don't know. Go go watch it, um, because I think you're going to, yeah, it'll blow your mind. Uh, but anyway, like, okay. I, I won't talk about it because you're going to give you high expectations. Definitely check that one out. Uh, but yeah, what you said about the multiverse and how Loki set up is 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 going to be like I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be amazing. And you mentioned X Men. See, my thing is X Men is one of my favorites, and the story of X Men to me is very deep, right? Because it was based on like racism and discrimination and whatnot. So yeah, I yeah. Think, and I think that's a really important storyline that they could bring in and go deep in and in the MCU and whatnot. Uh, so I wonder how they're going to bring that because the Eternals. They basically showed like that people have accepted superheroes. They call it superheroes. They are yep. everyone's okay. So I'm wondering how do they switch that 
to X, like being hatred towards mutants, right? Because that's that big story. Yeah. So I'm very, I don't want them to fuck that up. But the Fox ones, you know, I mean, I wasn't a fan. There were a couple that were good, Days of Future Past, but X-Men yeah. means a lot to me, man. I hope they don't mess it up when it comes to the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I liked watching the, the Fox ones simply because they were like X-Men and, and superheroes and they had all these powers. But I mean, to your point, it, yeah, they, they probably could have been done better. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the new ones. Um, it will be just like how they do them in the, in the MCU. Like, I'm just... Ah. And you know, the, the MCU, don't, they don't mess, they don't fail with the casting, right? They do a great job make sure the costume yeah. right the people the, the right actors there and whatnot so i'm looking forward to that what about what about um like the batman did you see the batman trailer the new one that's coming out yeah I, i'm i am looking forward to that um I, i'm actually interested to see how that lead actor does the role um because the first time i came across that guy was I was on a flight to, I think it was either Manila, from Sydney to Manila or Sydney to Bangkok or something like that. And I watched Twilight on, <laughs> <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> and it was like one and a half or two hours that I just felt like my life had, had gone. I was like, I'm not going to get that two hours back. And I'm sitting on the plane, right? And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> That film, wait, that, that play must have had some poor movie selections for you to, to land on that one. <laughs> Shout out to everyone who loves the movie. If you love it, great for you. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, I was expecting this mad vampire movie. Um, and it was love some it. high school. I don't know what it was. Eh? Well, it, it um, looks, it, I mean, the trailer for this Batman movie looks fucking awesome. It's got me pumped. Yeah. And it comes out in March. I, I got... I feel like they're going to do a good job. I feel something, I feel like it's going to be an epic Batman movie, like the Nolan ones, you know, because they were, that Dark Knight movie was something else, right? That's like one of the yeah. best comic book movies, one of the best movies of all time for me personally. I feel like, this, I don't yeah. feel like this Batman will be as epic as that, but I think they're going to do a great job because DC do a great job when it comes to standalone. They still got a lot of work to do when they start crossing over, but their standalones are, are you know, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think with DC, um, especially like with Justice League, I, I think they just tried to make money on getting a big movie and they didn't go through the process of like introducing each character. I mean, they, they did Wonder Woman and everyone knows Superman. Um, but yeah, but then they threw the Flash in there, Aquaman, and it was just, it was just kind of messy, yeah. Did you, watch, did you watch the Snyder Cut? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I actually liked it. I, I, yeah. I, I, I liked it. It was, it was worth sitting down and watching it, I thought. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, the, the, the Justice League movie that they brought in cinema was... I mean, look, I came out of it excited, and then after, I realised... Like, I came out excited, as I always do, and then after I digested I was like, oh, man, that film wasn't actually that great. But the Snyder Cut, for me, was... I, I wish they'd bring that Snyderverse back, because to me, that I think that redeems the G DC universe. Uh, I just don't know what... You know, I mean, I'm no expert. I'm talking like I'm an expert. But I don't know what the studios are thinking when they're not giving Zack Snyder the money to just do what he's got to do. Um, yeah. I hope they bring it back. I hope they do something because that DC's got so much potential. Marvel's, obviously, Marvel's one in the industry and whatnot, but DC's got so much potential and so much good characters they can make movies for. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, the, the characters that they've got, they're, they're all like well-known characters. Like, you know, everyone knows Superman, Batman, um, you know, the Flash, Wonder Woman. Um, th- th- those characters have been around for so long. Um, you know, even as TV series, that you know, it, it's something that they can really build on. Yeah, hundred percent. And they and like, you know, like the Joker. You watch the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, right? Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. was such an epic movie. Now, as a standalone, that's amazing. Now, I want to see him with a Batman. You know, what I'm trying to say like they do. It's, I mean, it's great that that they can do a great standalone movies, but you always want to see that that crossover because he was that was such an epic movie. Joaquin Phoenix smashed it as a Joker. I want to see that with a Batman and see how that how they can do that dynamic. You know what I mean? Uh, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if DC is just kind of rushing it, or they feel it, it's, it might be silly to say, but intimidated by Marvel, but like we don't want to copy their style because everyone's just going to say we copied them. But maybe just follow that routine of do your singles and then just pull them together, sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm no movie expert. I just I'm just a fan. I just want to see that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah. like we just yeah. want to see that stuff. We just want to be entertained. That's it, bro. And there's so much content. Like this month, we got Hawkeye coming out at the end of the month, which will be which will lead us all the way to Spider Man. So yeah, we just want to be entertained. There's so much coming on. Did you see the Boba Fett trailer that's coming out uh, the series? Oh god, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Please speak freely. <laughs> that was pretty. Awesome. Shit, that's gonna be again, man. It's like they're so good at building up, like. I mean, Boba Fett's always been a, a popular character, but they're so good at building up these secondary characters that like, you don't have to have a, a show about Jedis to sell Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, they just made The Mandalorian. It's one of the best shows ever. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. John Favreau is, is he's something else, man. Like, the way he builds up, they build yeah. up that universe again. He's something else. Yeah. Because I, 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 I just look up on Wikipedia about, um, what's his name, John? John Favreau. Um, yeah. yeah, and and a lot of them say that yeah, growing up they they were like Star Wars fans and all that kind of thing. So they 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 feel what we feel. Um, so when they when they go into the movie, you know, when they're making these movies, um, the TV shows, yeah, that's carrying it with them. Whereas I think that other lady at Disney, whatever her name is, that people don't like, um, yeah, she's there as an executive. They're there to make money. Um, yeah, they just don't have that same. Uh, emotional attachment to the movies and the characters that other, other people would yeah definitely I think that's like because sometimes you know you see things like uh, I, I use Dragon Ball Z as an example right because I, I loved that growing up or whatnot and then the movie was absolute pants right but then you see these passionate fans who make things on YouTube and you're like holy shit like you need to get fans like the, to direct the movies so they can make it justice towards what you grew up with otherwise I mean, of course, you've got to change things to the movie screen, right? And the big screen, it's always got to change and you've got to accept that. But you've got to keep some key elements that would always bring you back to what your childhood is. Because if you change it completely, yeah. you know, people are not going to, they're not going to vibe with it. And right? you're trying to get in new audience, I get it, but you're trying to please the, the old audience, right? And these are, yeah. you know, the, the, the book, the comic books or whatever, they're, they're, um, they're the script, they're the guidelines, right? So just follow the guidelines and just adapt it to the new age. Yeah. New Age Times or whatnot. Yeah. Did you watch anime or any of that sort of stuff growing up, or was it mostly comic books? Um. So, so I, I, I did watch a lot of anime, like a lot of cartoons. Um. So I, I wasn't just wasn't so much sort of big into the comics because, because um we we'd have this like stack growing up and then 
yeah, my, my parents were just like, no, it was just too much. <laughs> um, so it was more like cartoons and stuff. But yeah, the anime is um, like Akira, um, Ghost in the Shell. So all those ones we used to watch, um, but that was all available on like VHS videotapes. And then I think once I got my driver's license and all that, I, I stopped watching all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> life changes a bit. <laughs> yeah. But on Netflix now, I think they've got quite a few. Um, yeah. And then um, there's this thing, I don't know if I, well, there's this thing called U-Box. Um, have you heard of it? No, yeah. I haven't, no. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's um, you can stream movies on it. Um, Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sounds legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got heaps of anime on that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's all in the original Japanese. Um, but yeah, but Netflix, I, I just realized is pretty good. I, I just found out that they had a lot of anime on there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really cool. much into the new stuff. I mean, I stopped at Dragon Ball Z for the longest time. And then my little brother convinced me to watch Naruto. So I got into that. And then, but the new stuff I don't watch. But as you mentioned, Akira, Fist of the North Star. That was the stuff that yeah. I grew up with. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, bro, look, I know I, I don't want to keep you all day because I feel like we could geek out all day and all night and whatnot. Let's yeah, let's day, yeah. But, you know, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks. So finally, we got this done, which I appreciate uh, again because I know you've been bad busy and everything. Uh, but again, thanks for coming on. Uh, and let's do this again, man. I know when, like, you know, when you do the next, like, do your personal training, when you do the next fight and whatnot, maybe we can jump on after that and catch up about how that kind of went uh, again with, with the training camp, with the mentality. I'm very interested in this ultra running thing, uh, especially from a, a mental perspective. Uh, so when you when you get on that, let's definitely try and catch up about that and how that went. And, then, and of course, when the movies come out, by then we'll accumulate a bunch of new content. We can geek out again. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. You're wicked, wait, Mark, yeah, right. thank you so much again. Everyone, please check out Mark's Instagram. What, what was it again? One more time. What was it again? Uh, M MCAT. Uh, Muay Thai Fit 40s. Awesome. Well, everyone, please check that out. I'll put the, we'll put the link in the description and everything. Uh, and Mark, thanks, man. I appreciate the time again, man. Yeah, bro. No, thank you. I've, I've just been, um, it's been good talking to you and catching up. So hopefully, um, be able to come over to Singapore and train with you. Because um, I've actually been to Evolve yeah. before and, and, and train that. Yeah, it, it's a great facility. So, um, I know yeah, it'll be good to catch up with you. I can't say his name, so please forgive me, but your favorite uh, fighter. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Nongo, yeah. He, he's there, and training with him is, is amazing. Like, when he does take the class, yeah. I know we're getting back into it, sorry, but when he does take the class, there's an essence with his training, and he's, he's different, the difference between his training, and he's, he's got a different level of power uh, that, he, he, like, that he can express when he's fighting, and he doesn't look like his phone power, if that makes sense, and I think yeah. he's a picture-perfect technique. But yeah. Man, it'll be awesome, man. And hopefully these borders open up and, and get a bit more easier with us to travel and it'll be great for you to come down and catch up again. All right, cool, bro. All uh, right. Well, stay on the line, bro. I'm Appreciate the time. Instagram picture. But yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks, everyone. Right. Peace out.